0: Glad to have you. Phil Michael Show, we continue on hour number two. We uh, kind of deviate away from some Packers chatter and some Badgers chatter and some Brewers chatter. Talk some college basketball and uh, we bring him back. He called his shot and I thought for sure that it was, uh, was going to actually happen and it, it didn't, but that's Okay as now you have a terrific rivalry between Duke and North Carolina setting up one half of the Final Four. John Fanta back with us again. John, how you doing, pal?
1: Hey, Bill. I'm doing well. I, I did call my shot. I guess I front-rimmed it. It was close. If Duke didn't go to a 2-3 zone, maybe Texas Tech would have pulled it off, but their Texas Tech's offense was not very good. And I'll tell you what, here we are, Final Four in New Orleans. If you think about the last couple Final Fours last year, You had in in Indianapolis, it just didn't have the same amount of buzz where you go from location to location throughout the weeks leading up to one centralized Final Four. And the year before that, we didn't even have an NCAA tournament. So it it is interesting heading into this week that you have these four big brands, Blue Blood programs. I believe that Villanova constitutes itself as, as that. They've won two of the last five national titles. They're looking for a third out of six here this week it'll be hard but this is a big time final four and it comes in new orleans and the superdome has a super bowl type of ticket market value heading into saturday because it's the first meeting ever between duke and carolina in the in the ncaa tournament not just the final four but the entire tournament and it's coach k's final ride so will will carolina double down from what they did at cameron indoor about a month back or will duke get sweet revenge fascinating
0: It is uh, interesting because Hubert Davis, his first go at it, and he's in the final four for North Carolina. Obviously, this could be the last uh, go-round game-wise for Mike Krzyzewski. So there's that. Bill Self, no stranger to all of this. Kansas, a blue blood getting there. Is Jay Wright kind of getting lost in the shuffle, even though he's been there, done that, for national titles before? He
1: is because he lost his dynamic wing in Justin Moore with the Achilles' Tear, brutal injury for Justin and and obviously it's, it's awful timing for it to come in a regional final with just a couple minutes left it was the most bittersweet reaction that we saw of the weekend from Villanova there, there was a mix of tears and smiles but I do think Jay Wright is getting forgotten here's the thing nobody's won more over the last decade than Jay Wright and this Villanova team limits possessions They make you really get attentive to detail. You're not going to be able to force turnovers off them, and and not having Moore doesn't change that. What it changes is Villanova's defense, because Moore's a great defender. Jay Wright brought up in media availability yesterday that Moore can guard positions one to five, and then Moore rebounds the basketball better than he gets credit for. So for Villanova, the fact is, Bill, is that they're basically down to five players. They don't have much of a bench. I mean, it's Brian Antoine and Chris Archdiacono, uh, the brother of Ryan. That, that's, not a, that's not a bench that's going to do it for you. They're going to need this starting five to carry the load. So Caleb Daniels will, will come from being the sixth man on this team, and he is a good sixth man, and he'll start. He's from New Orleans, so it's kind of interesting that he makes the homecoming this week and that he'll be in the starting lineup. But Villanova has gotten lost in the shuffle because of a major injury, And because of the fact that Duke, Carolina, and Kansas carry more of a following and have historically, but the fact is, if you've been watching college basketball close to the last five years, you would know that Villanova might be the most frustrating opponent for a team to face because they don't turn the ball over, they limit possessions, and they make threes.
2: Uh,
0: I want to go back to what you talked about with Villanova and the loss of Justin Moore with that torn Achilles so, how much does that now limit what they're uh, you, you you talked about the wing what they have the ability to do? I mean, where now do they work the basketball?
1: right, well, what they're going to do is I think they'll post up Colin Gillespie and have him back down Dewan Harris and Remy Martin. Villanova likes to post up their guards, so what they're what they could do is post up Gillespie, hope that he draws a double and hope that that opens up shots for the likes of. Caleb Daniels and Jermaine Samuels. And I think a key guy in this game, Bill, is is Brandon Slater. Villanova's gotta get productivity out of Slater. He cannot disappear like he has at times during this tournament. They they can't afford one of the starters to have an off game now because Moore is sidelined. But what does Villanova lose? They lose that scoring burst that Moore can provide at times. He had fifteen in the win over Michigan. And that was a low-scoring game. He had 21 uh, in the first round win for Villanova over Delaware. It was Delaware, but still, Moore goes on runs of his own. Missing that means you've got to play to your strengths with the length that you have, meaning Slater, Samuels, and then Eric Dixon, the five-man, they have got to be able to drive the basketball, find a way to score on Kansas. Now, Kansas has been good defensively, and was excellent on that end of the floor in the second half against Miami. So it's an interesting matchup here because Kansas heads into this Final Four in a better place than Villanova. But Villanova, if they can make Kansas play a slower game and get Kansas into a little bit of foul trouble, the way that Villanova's defending right now, Bill, to to hold Houston down to just 1-3 over the weekend, it was really impressive. They're going to need a similar type of performance Because Villanova wants a game in the high 50s, low 60s. Without more scoring ability, how do you change? You have got to slow it down and muck it up a little bit.
0: Yeah, it's a Villanova team that plays just six guys uh, in double-figure minutes, Uh, so they're going to have to dig deep into that bench. Uh, I want to go over to uh, North Carolina and get back to Hubert Davis for a minute. So uh, is this a – because he's getting a ton of credit for where they're at and absolutely deservedly so. The argument is – okay, there's been other coaches that have taken over programs and in their first year gone to a Final Four, and then after that, they don't they don't see it again. How much of this is Hubert Davis, and how much of this was the recruiting and, and, and some of the groundwork laid by Roy Williams?
1: Well, I think it's a combination of both, and more so the groundwork because of the fact that, look, we have to see what happens with Hubert Davis when he's recruiting his own players and, and, and having his own guys. But... Uh, he deserves a a, a lot of credit for what he's done in getting this team to play better basketball here and especially become connected on the defensive end of the floor over the last month. Carolina could not defend you and me in November and December. They didn't want to play defense. They, they, They did not want to. They were a bad defensive team. And they were firmly on the bubble in January. This team has put together quite a stretch run, and for that, the head coach should get credited. One would argue that Carolina shouldn't have even been in that predicament to begin with, that they had enough talent to not be on the bubble, but they were in a in what was a down regular season in the ACC. The ACC is at a much better NCAA tournament, but the point stands. And I think that for North Carolina, the, the things that have changed uh, has been the backcourt. R.J. Davis and Caleb Love have pieced together the best basketball of their careers in this NCAA tournament. They are coexisting well. They're figuring out ways to make plays for one another. We knew Armando Baycott was a great player. Hubert Davis didn't need to do anything there. And Brady Maddox, the Oklahoma transfer, has been very good for this team. Shot 7 for 11 in the win over St. Peter's. What we did not know was what would happen in the backcourt for Carolina. And that's where Hubert Davis and his staff deserve credit because they're getting the most out of this town.
0: Talking with John Fanta, college basketball analyst uh, for College Basketball on Fox, uh, host of the Big E Shootaround, and so much more. Uh, going into North Carolina's at uh, the end of the season, it seemed like when they got that win at Cameron Indoor, that lit the flame. Did it not?
1: It did. That was an igniting point for North Carolina. And sometimes it takes the ultimate test, if you will, to bring out the best in who you are. And I think that that is the case for UNC. They entered that building that day, and people said, there's no way, there's just no way Duke's losing this game. It's Coach K's last show. It's all Duke all the time. Blue Devils are going to roll. Carolina's not even that good. Well, that was all Carolina needed to hear to put out a performance that will live on in the history books. And it, it flipped something for this team. It's had them playing a different style of basketball ever since. It's had them playing a physical style of basketball. Now, that was the igniting point. Duke would like to put out that flame, Bill. And this is such a fascinating scenario. It's sweet revenge on the line for the Blue Devils and a chance to get 40 more minutes, the last 40 minutes available for Mike Krzyzewski in a national championship game. Or. It's North Carolina's opportunity who more fitting to say they ended Coach K's career than the arch rival, the Tarzan. So that served as an igniting point. Will the fire keep growing or will Duke put it out?
0: talking with John Fanta, college basketball analyst. Uh, Look at the matchup between Jay Wright and Bill Self. Now, Jay Wright obviously has to overcome the injury and the loss. uh, And Bill Self, very quality coach as well. Who do you give the nod to X's and O's wise on that side of the bracket?
1: I give the nod to Jay Wright on the X's and O's front because I think that Jay's offense is is just so well run. And I, I think Coach Self is a great schemer. But... I have to give Jay the slight edge just because I think that Jay Wright has had to build a system, especially this year, that's fitting of his personnel as opposed to Kansas, which which, this is nothing against Coach Sell. But the fact is he's got on-paper talent that is exceptional. I mean, Ochai Bozzi's All-American caliber talent. Remy Martin on his best day is that good. He lets those guys be them. And, and so it's different it's different systematically, but I would go with Jay Wright. That's the, that's the only shot that Villanova has in this game. And it's why the line on this game right now is four, because Villanova's gotten the respect, and Jay Wright's gotten the respect nationally. If, if we're talking about other coaches here, the line might be six and a half, seven, even eight, because you lose a superstar and you have no bench. Logic would tell you that, that's three, four baskets in a game. But Jay Wright's earned the respect of the country to say, ah, it's going to hover around four because he is a really good X's and O schemer, and he's got a week. He brought this up in his media availability yesterday, Bill. Jay Wright said to the press, in the first couple weekends of the NCAA tournament, you only get three days to prepare because you're playing Thursday, Saturday, or Friday, Sunday. But in the final four, you get a full week to adapt, to prepare, to get ready for this game. Make no mistake about it. Jay Wright's going to adapt. He'll have his group ready. And it's the reason why they're not a, a heavier underdog is because Jay Wright knows how to X and O's with the best of them. So I give the advantage to him.
0: I give the advantage. I just don't know if they're going to be able to overcome the loss of Justin Moore. I, I probably have to I probably have to pick Kansas in that game. Here's the one thing, and you go back to what you said about Duke and North Carolina. Duke's got it in the back of their head. They got beat on their home floor in that atmosphere, and really they're one of their big games of the season, and they got beat handily by North Carolina. North Carolina's bigs on the inside were strong, were powerful that day. at Cameron Indoor. I got to think that's lingering in the back of their head, which is why I might have to pick North Carolina in that contest.
1: Yeah, I disagree. I think Duke wants absolute revenge, and I think they're going to be ready to, to play this game. And I think that Duke has found something that they didn't have that night at Cameron Indoor. And for the record, I'm with you on Kansas. I agree with you there. At some point, talent trumps whatever XLs you do. Mm-hmm. Kansas, Kansas should win this game. But I think that Duke has found something here. And what they found is the ability to finish on the offensive end of the floor. They had six players with nine-plus points in the win over Arkansas, and Arkansas team that shut down Gonzaga's offense. You look at Jeremy Roach and what he's done in this tournament. He's calm, cool, and collected in the biggest of moments. Trevor Keels has, has showed he can come off the bench and supply something, and A.J. Griffin was big time against Arkansas, and, and A.J. Griffin has been really good as this tournament's gone on. And I didn't even mention the name Paolo Banquero in those previous sentences, Caro is the most talented player on the floor in this matchup in terms of overall skill set. But Duke doesn't over rely on him to win, which is what I like about the way that they have built out this team. The biggest thing in this matchup is who wins between Armando Bacot and Mark Williams. Because Baycott is a machine. Okay, there's some people out there mm-hmm. who argue he was the best player in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Mark Williams had 12 points, 12 rebounds, shot six for six from the floor. He was an absolute beast in the regional final for the Blue Devils. He's got to bring his A game for Duke to win. I think he will. I think the Blue Devils will be ready for revenge. Carolina's not getting them consecutive times. I like Duke.
0: Uh, I know uh, you're over there in Jersey, but you're a Cleveland guy. Are you still a Browns fan?
1: I was a Browns fan before Deshaun Watson. I'll be a Browns fan after Deshaun Watson, which means I'm a Browns fan now.
0: Okay, just checking.
1: Yep. Did so, are Sean you excited Watson to get human? Deshaun
0: Watson there, or are you uh, you kind of cringing a bit?
1: Yeah, I, I'm cringing. Obviously, yeah. uh, can't support the human. Anybody yeah. who's supporting the human or looking past this is disgusting. To be yeah. to be can honest with you. Uh, that being said, I, I'm not giving up the the fact that I'm am a fan of the. I, I put up with 0 and 16 and 1 and 15, and right. leave that So, I'm not because of one. Here's the thing. This isn't the first time that one of these these guys has been welcomed back to the National Football League, and it won't be the last time. The NFL is a fantasy land. I love the NFL. We love the NFL. America loves the NFL. America has turned their heads at times in the NFL with tons of different things that have occurred with, with athletes who have done bad things off the field. But because the NFL is a fantasy land, you're allowed to play. So, I've always been a Browns fan. I'm not going to give up my fandom of the team. I'm not a fan of Deshaun Watson, the human being. Uh, I I find it disturbing that he's allowed to play games, considering everything that's up in the air. And we'll see what the NFL decides. But do I understand why the Browns did it from a talent standpoint? I do, because the Cleveland Browns compete in the same division as Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson. And although they don't have a quarterback that's, that's formidable is Steelers, who are tough as nails and have Mike Tomlin on the sideline, So if you're trying to win your division and make a playoff run, you need a elite quarterback play. And the fact is Baker Mayfield wasn't supplying that.
0: John, great stuff as always. We dipped into football. You covered it well. And I appreciate it. We'll talk again soon, okay?
1: Thanks, Bill. Anytime.
0: You the man. Appreciate it. There you go. John Fanta, play-by-play for college basketball on Fox. He's host of the Big East shoot around. Uh, and all kinds of other NBA TV, Big East East Digital, ESPN Plus, and you can see his stuff all there. John Fanta joining us for a couple of minutes. When we come back, when we come back, we are uh, going to hear from the head coach of the Green Bay Packers some of the things that he had to say. And that quote that I was going for before, you'll hear it in its exact verbiage coming from the head coach himself. Uh, So stay tuned. Coming up right after this. Ready. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Hey, uh, we're going to hear from Matt LaFleur coming up here momentarily. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, and their choice words is just that, choice. They've got they got many different lines. They've got six different lines, one line of replacement windows for many. Okay, that's what a lot of these different window companies offer. But Pella, nah, baby, nah. They have got two different energy-efficient, budget-friendly lines of vinyl windows. They've got the Impervia, which is the you know really hard fiberglass windows. They've got three different luxurious uh, wood windows, traditional to contemporary. They got it all. Six different lines to suit your taste and your budget. And uh, speaking of good choices, you, know, you still have till the end of the month. You can make a call today. You can get 18 months no payments, no interest, or 300 bucks off each window. 700 bucks off a Pella entry system and a $1,000 off a Pella patio door system. Whatever you choose, all you got to do is get that free, free in-home consultation. Book that thing. Get it on the schedule right here, right now. And uh, when they come out, they'll measure, and they'll, they'll get you on your way. Get it all. Get it all ordered up now. And you can get eighteen months no payments and no interest, or three hundred bucks off each window, seven hundred bucks off a Pella entry door system, or a thousand dollars off a Pella patio door. Now that's getting it done. Go to pellawi.com. That is Pella, P-E-L-L-A, pellawi.com, pellawi.com, or call them. Just make the appointment now. Eight five five Pella W I. That's eight five five Pella W I. And uh, tell them we sent you. They're good people over there. Uh, Gina Della from Pella, obviously, uh, doing some good things with uh, her heart and her time last Friday with yours truly as we did some bartending at Albanese's, raised some money for our friends at Special Spaces. So doing a lot of good things in the community and a really good company. Uh, And they stand behind their work, too. That's the best part about it. Again, PellaWI.com. So Matt LaFleur sat down and chatted this morning. With uh, with the media, with the local media, and so this is what he had to say. Take a listen.
2: Yeah, I was uh, actually received a text message that confirmed that Aaron was coming back, and uh, I was in an offensive meeting, so it was uh, this pretty exciting meeting I actually darted out right away just to make sure I read it the right way before I before I let anybody know but um you know I, I would say that I had pretty good feelings about it throughout the course of the offset you know or since the season had ended up to that point but until you know you really don't know so um and then you know the, did you ask about Devonte as well um yeah, that was just, again, one of those things that those decisions are never easy to, to make. And, unfortunately, it was one that, you know, we had to come to. I think a lot of it was driven by, by Devontae, I would tell you. Um, but, you know... There's no sense in looking back on it. It's just we're moving forward. So and and we we appreciate everything he's done, obviously. It's it's a lot to replace in terms of the production and and the type of leader that he was for us, but again, it was just one of those those deals that you never want to make, but unfortunately sometimes you have to to make great question. Say it's less less important. Um, I think you can never have enough great players, enough guys that can make those big explosive plays. Because typically, I would say that when you're able to create those explosives, a lot of times that leads to points. So, um, yeah, it's it's not going to be easy to replace by any stretch. And I think we're going to have to do a great job. And th- let's face it, there's six months before we have to kick off. So. I would envision a lot is going to happen between now and between now and opening day. Yeah, we, we haven't spent a ton of time on that. It's, it's more about how do we move forward. It's it's, it's never just one guy, right? And what was great is you know, we were able to get the majority of our defense back in place. Um, We're really excited about some of the additions that we've we've made there, Um, you know, with a guy like Jaron Reed and um, get Rasul Douglas back. And um, Devondre Campbell obviously was a key piece to that. And then what we were able to add, uh, special teams-wise, with a guy like Rich Pasaccia, to kind of cha- change the culture uh, in, in that regard. And then, but I, I do think when you're talking about your team, I mean, it, it typically starts with the quarterback. So by getting a guy of his caliber back, I, I think that definitely, you know, puts us in a, a pretty good position. Now we're going to have to do a great job of filling in the spots around him, and not that we don't have good players already. I think we do. I think you look at our backs. I think we got two backs that are dynamic, legitimate number one running backs in this league. So, um, And then, you know, it was good to get guys like Bobby T- Tanya back um, in the fold. And, but we're going to we're gonna have to add to our team, certainly through the draft. And I think there will be other opportunities out there along the way to continue to add talent to our team.
0: Opportunities and maybe talking to another two maybe have a receiver that uh wants a new contract
2: that maybe you may be more in line with you know what you are in for Yeah, I I don't I don't know. I'm sure I just think there's gonna be opportunities. There always is throughout the, the every year. There's there's something that's unforeseen. I bet you a lot of people wouldn't have thought we would have traded Devontae. So, like, there's there's always some unforeseen things that transpire, and and you just got to be able to take advantage of the opportunities when they come. not really I, I think he'll go as long as he wants to go I think he's he's got not only the the talent and the mind but the way he takes care of himself is as good as I've seen he's super disciplined and, and in terms of everything he does from what he puts into his body to how he how he prepares physically mentally um, so I yeah I, those aren't those aren't uh, conversations that we have. Regularly, So we're just going to take it advantage of the time that he is with us and, and Continue to try to work and grind to you know, hopefully someday be able to get a Super Bowl Yeah, I, I would say with in regards to Hackett it I mean, he was pretty established when he came to us. And, you know, shoot, he's been calling plays longer in the league than I have. So it was great to, to have a guy that had done it before. Um, to can Just constantly, we were bouncing ideas off each other. And, and we. it really, when we came together, it wasn't about my offense or his, uh, his offense, it was about how do we make this the Green Bay Packer offense. And that takes, obviously, uh, the talent of the players that you have. Certainly some of the things that Aaron likes to do was, was a big part of that. And, um, you know, it was, a, it was, a, it was a lot of fun working with him for three years. And he did such an outstanding job of kind of helping keep me organized. Um, we're certainly going to miss him he's a tough guy to replace but we feel pretty confident with just I would say how we've worked not only as an offense but as a staff and and you know it's a collective effort so these guys have been exposed to like Adam Senevich has been exposed to a lot of the things that we've done certainly we've got a guy like Jason Brabel that had a has a big impact on our passing game and he does such a great job with our wide receivers it's great to get a an old head and tom clements back in the back in the fold um you know he's had he's got a lot of great ideas and you can tell he has he, he must have been thinking about ball every day when he was away from the game because um man he is he is as sharp as they come so i can see why he was so instrumental in, in the development of Aaron and I'm excited to add a guy like that to our staff. Given the reality
1: of what you're facing that receiver, probably a lot of young know, guys from their balls, do you need Aaron to be part of this offseason
2: program? The no, I think, I, first of all, we're talking about uh, something that's voluntary. So it's it's going to be on every individual's. They're, they they got to make their own decision on what's best for them, but certainly, yeah, you, you'd love everybody to be a part of the offseason, but I think as, as we've seen in the past, I don't think it has, um, it, it doesn't have a huge impact on how he's going to go out and perform. He wasn't a part of the offseason last year. I'd say he went out and played pretty well, played at a high level. So um, I think there's there's plenty of opportunity between the time when we actually start training camp to, to week one to get on the same page with everybody.
1: We also did have the Monte last year. So that sure. yeah. make a it it
2: No, I think every every year is presented with its own unique sets of challenges and you just gotta make the best of of the time. You've got to be super efficient and uh, you know, it, it, there's gonna be a learning curve for whoever comes in. So uh, like I said we just got to make sure that we, we communicate at a high level we're, we're very very efficient with how we use our time to try to get people up to speed as fast as possible yeah no i'm i 'm really excited for for mike it's it's really fun to see guys that Work and grind, and are so humble, and and you see you see that hard work pay off. And uh, certainly, I think you know he has a bright mind, and I, I know you guys probably have figured that out pretty quickly. Uh, and I think he'll do a, a phenomenal job because he cares about people, um, and he's genuine. And I think I, I don't I don't ever see him losing that. So uh, I'm excited for him and and what this future holds for him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, he was in my office the other day. It was great to see him, first of all, and you can tell he's been working hard and um, I really thought that, you know, the 2020 season, he, he did so many great things and I thought just kind of reflecting and looking back to last season you know he he didn't quite get as many opportunities I would say as he did the previous year up to that point Um, but I I do think I know he'll come back I don't I don't foresee him being any different uh, physically I think I think he'll be ready to go and like what we talked about, I, I think there's still a lot of room for growth in his game. So getting a guy that is the way he works, how intelligent he is, that that that's great for us. Uh, certainly he's got a rapport with Aaron, which is a big deal as well. Um, but, yeah, just excited to have him back on our team.
0: There you go. That's Matt LaFleur talking to the media a little bit earlier today. Good stuff from him when we come back We've got uh, we got a little bit of breaking news to get to. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michaels show coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michaels Show
1: on the Wisconsin Sports Zone radio network. One, two,
0: one, two, we continue on on this Tuesday, the Bill Michaels Show. So glad you're on board. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Pindell. Pindell Global Precision. That's what they're called. Uh, you can call them, 262-786-2550. That's 262-786-2550. And uh, they are uh, precision CNC machining, Swiss machining, multiple spindle screw machining, and sub assembly as well. And they do it all right uh, there in New Berlin, Wisconsin. And they are looking for good people to be a part of the program. It's easy, it's simple, go to Pindel, P-I-N-D-E-L, Pindel.com, that's Pindel.com, or maybe you're a company that's looking to work with somebody who does all of that, you can go to their website as well and request a quote for something that you're looking for. Simple, go to Pindel, P-I-N-D-E-L.com, that's Pindel.com, and uh, you'll find it all right there, or just call them directly, 262-786-2550, that's 262 786 25-50. 25-50. Good, good people over there. So some breaking news, uh, and that is the NFL owners have approved a modified overtime rule for the postseason only. You know what that means, don't you? The final vote being, uh, what was it, 29-3. to 29-3. It was trending towards being tabbed, or tabled, I should say, until the uh, compromise to make it uh, postseason only for right now was struck. But uh, they were talking about the possibility of making this thing um, permanent throughout. And uh, then finally they said, no, 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 we'll just do it in the postseason for right now. Just do it in the postseason for right now. And so what does this mean? What does it mean? The bottom line is this, is that they struck a deal, the NFL owners confirmed the rule change, both teams now will get the ball regardless of who scores first or who scores a touchdown or whatever. But it will only happen the postseason, and thus the high-dollar superstar quarterbacks will keep the viewing audience's attention a bit longer and fan bases quit screaming how unfair the NFL is if their guy doesn't get the ball because their defense is inept. You get what I'm saying? So we've seen it before. When Peyton Manning didn't get the ball, Colts fans screamed. This year, this past year, when Josh Allen didn't get the ball, Buffalo fans screamed. So they feel with these exciting games, coming down to the wire, if we can keep the viewing audience's attention that uh, much longer, and the climax of that game and the buildup to that game, then, uh, then we're going to garner more money in the long run. So the NFL approved the postseason rule. That both teams will get the ball. There you go. Uh, Josh says, As "If you don't get enough opportunities to win the game through the first four quarters, uh, come, Josh, you are preaching to the choir, my friend. Preaching to the choir." Brett says, "Wide receivers are a dime a dozen. Run the ball should be more of the focus. I like drafting an offensive tackle, edge, and an offensive lineman. A dark horse, maybe a corner." And a safety, Jair is not signed past this year, and safety is not deep. I know we will draft or trade for a wide receiver. I could even see a next-year pick going for uh, the need to trade at the deadline. Uh, They're not – wide receivers are a dime a dozen. Good – now, what you didn't put in the beginning of that sentence, Brett, was good wide receivers. They're not a dime a dozen. Run the ball is – Old school, man. Not when you're paying quarter... Your most valuable player is your quarterback and you want to take the ball out of his hands. Not unless you got Derrick Henry sitting back there. You know, something of that ilk. You, you, you're not going to be running the football an equal amount of times. Most teams today, even a Jonathan Taylor, most, te- most teams today are throwing the football, and they're all scrambling for quarterbacks and wide receiver options. That's what they're doing. Uh, I'd like to think your way, but it just isn't feasible, not in the long term. So I understand what you're saying. Um, You can continue to bolster the D, but your D is only going to be so good. And, and, And here's the other reason. Because the rules have changed you you just saw it again today. The rules have changed so much to favor the offense and favor scoring. The 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 idea of this knockdown, lockdown, shut down defense, smash you in the mouth, beat you up, kick your ass, it's not there anymore. The ability for the eighty five Bears to come in and just roll is not there anymore. The hell, the ability for the Baltimore Ravens Of only, what, 10 years ago. It's not there anymore. Five years ago, six years ago, whatever it was. Not there anymore. The rules continue to change and continue to favor the offense. Thus, everybody's scrambling for a quarterback. Everybody's scrambling for wide receivers and quality wide receivers. So I understand your premise, but it's antiquated in today's day and age. You got to run the ball to be an offset of the passing game. That's it. But your passing game in today's day and age is pretty prevalent. 877 867 1670. 877 867 1670. Stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Friends over at Quick Trip want to remind you it's uh, just about here. I've already started it. I don't know about you, but uh, grilling season just about here. And you can start off your grilling season with the Quick Trip bacon-wrapped pork fillets. Quick Trip, they got you covered. On sale right now, the bacon-wrapped pork fillets, just 99 cents each with a limit of five. And are these bacon-wrapped beauties sure to make the goat of any cookout the greatest of all time? Stop in any Quick Trip, catch a grilling game on right now. Bacon wrapped pork fillets, just 99 cents for a limited time. Limit five over there at Quick Trip. They've got, if you need some other groceries, they've got that too. White bread, 50 cents for a loaf. Limit five there. Got some holiday bacon going on, coming up on the, uh, on the Easter cookies and that kind of stuff. You got butter on sale. Limit five there. All kinds of stuff over at Quick Trip. Nice. Love Quick Trip. Love it. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Uh, again, uh, by Indianapolis and Philadelphia, amends the Rule 16 to allow both teams an opportunity to possess the ball in overtime in the postseason. By the competition committee, it makes permanent the free kick formation change implemented during the 21-21 season. That established a maximum number of players in a setup zone. In other words, uh, it goes back to the old onside kick rule. Trying to garner that a little bit different and make it a little more feasible, because basically, when they changed those the styles, it, it just it, it all but eliminated the onside kick. And it was, I, I thought, it, I I think some of the things that they've done. I, they say it in the in the name of player safety, but it also eliminated opportunities for teams at the end of games to garner an onside kick. And it kind of took that portion of the competition out of the game. And I, I thought it was a terrible, terrible move. But uh, the NFL today making – trying to make some rights out of wrongs, uh, albeit the overtime rule is now official. Those Philadelphians, Bill. Ugh. They did it. They did it. they. But you know what? Philadelphia cried loud enough that Buffalo heard them. They, they kind of – you know, argued in favor, favor of the Buffalo Bills, didn't they? the Buffalo fans were going crazy that uh, Josh Allen didn't get the ball uh, to go back against Patrick Mahomes.
1: Yeah, but now when teams lose in overtime, it won't be the coin that's blamed or the rules, it'll be, oh, our coach yeah. didn't go for two. Oh, right. why did they not do this on third down? But you know what's mm-hmm. interesting with all this? So they have the two possessions,
0: and then if they're tied afterwards, it's sudden death. The strategy here is interesting
1: because whether coaches want to kick off and have the knowledge of we need a touchdown or we need a field goal in this drive or if coaches want to receive, go try to score first. Then if the other team scores, they get the ball next in the sudden death. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that
0: all happens in 10 minutes, though. Those periods right. are so short. That's exactly my point. I don't know how you end up doing that in, in that particular amount of time. So, But it'll, it'll be interesting. Yeah, uh, they they just keep tweaking it, trying to make it trying to make it exciting, trying to keep those bodies on the field to keep our viewing audience happy, to keep everybody uh, throwing around. Hey, by the way, one thing we have not mentioned, and I I'm, I'm only got a minute here, but uh, you got uh, Bucks and 76ers tonight. Are you leaning in one direction on this one or not? Uh, I'm going to watch it and have fun. Okay, an Eastern Conference battle going down in Philly tonight. Bucks taking on the Sixers six thirty Central Time. And uh, both of those teams right now, forty six twenty eight, the two and three spots uh, in the uh, Eastern Conference, and uh, the head to head final matchup is coming up tonight. So tonight, actually, in the world of uh, in the world of, of of spot placement when it comes to the postseason, big game tonight between these two teams. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens if the Bucks Bucks take it on. Um by the way Andrew says grilling season it's all the time. I I know I don't go out when we have snow all over the patio. I'm not a big fan of traipsing through the snow. I'll shovel it. If it's not a bad day out, I'll go out and get underneath underneath the uh, the tiki bar. I don't mind that, but I'm not a big fan of traipsing around out there if you've got snow up to your ankles and it's not shoveled and it's icy and it's wind blowing through there bitterly cold. I'm not a fan of that. I just don't do that. So. Bill, Giannis, and Embiid on their way to becoming one of the greatest rivalries in sports. Uh, right? Oh my God! Prisoner of the moment. There you go. You never gave your take on what the best one was. I, I, I don't no, think no. there is. <laughs> I. That's just it. It's, it's every time Duke and North Carolina play. I don't care what happens. Where the greatest rivalry. It's like yeah, they have meaningful games. Ohio State, Michigan have had meaningful games. Auburn, Alabama have had meaningful games. Red Sox Yankees have had meaningful games. Cubs Cardinals, they've had meaningful games. Lakers Celtics have had meaningful games. Giants Dodgers, they've had meaningful games. Then you get into the international competition with, with the football clubs and soccer, they've had meaning I mean it just, you know. But but there is something to college basketball that if you don't agree with that, you suck. It's not that I don't agree with it. I just, you know, it's just every time it comes up, it's like this is what it is. And if you don't agree with it, you're you don't follow college basketball. Well, okay, whatever. Welcome the build-up for yeah, the build-up for some of the some of the best football games ever to be played, and that's only played once a season, not two, three, four times a season. Two hours down, two hours yet to go. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next.